0: Yo, what's good? This is Dylan from Producer Grind here at the Producer Grind office. Uh, we got my boy, Nonstop, the Hitman in the building. That's okay, my boy. What's good? But yeah, um, this is actually uh, the first episode we're doing of the podcast, uh, you know, with the camera and everything. Uh, if you guys are tuned into our old podcast, the Producer Lifestyle podcast that we had about 11 episodes, had a whole bunch of people on there from Red Drum, Polar Boy Shawty, King Drum Dummy, uh, Gezin, um shoot, uh, DJ Payne won, Cassius J, we got a whole bunch of people, but uh, starting off brand new here at the office, so, uh, but yeah, um, what's good with you, bro, man? Man, grinding. I feel you, I feel you. <laughs> like a producer poster. Hell uh, yeah. I see you're just starting the year off dope using on Culture too. Yeah, yeah. Now, what joint, I didn't even hear, I, I'm not even gonna lie, I didn't even listen to Culture 2, I'm gonna see if I can pull it up. What joint did you do? I did, uh, I did the Made Man. Made Man. Mm-hmm. So, uh, tell me a little bit about, like, uh, you know, you come up a little bit, you know, a little bit about your story. I mean, well, shit, I started a while ago. I started, uh, like,
1: my first placement was 10 years ago. Mm. And I was with Twister. We, uh, we did a record called, a- uh, shit, what was it, Rist A Rocky? It was on his uh, Adrenaline Rush 2. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it was cool. I don't even know if the album went gold or nothing, but it was my first big. I felt like I was about to be in mansions and lambos and everything after that. Like, really? <laughs> I thought I was on. At that point, uh, Twister was like pretty, he was like on the downswing, but he was still pretty big. But I mean, we got that. And then uh, I moved to Atlanta. We came to shoot the video for that. And uh, I just ran into everybody when I was out here. Chingy, Nelly, Luda, the whole field mob, everybody that was popping at that time. And they always, like, move down here. It's a good opportunity. You know what I'm saying? Better than Portland. Like, I mean, really ain't nothing going on out there. Mm-hmm. Like, we got probably, like, shit, a total of, like, six or seven, like, plaques in the whole, the whole city. city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, I mean, we it's, it's a flyover town. You know what I'm saying? Big, big, big uh, productions barely come there. But when they do, like, I mean, the city don't even really support it. Like, Seattle... Sacramento, you know what I'm saying? Nobody really stops in between and goes to Portland. But Mm -hmm. so I came out, started linking with the locals and shit out here and I mean, just one thing led to another and I started getting like good connections with a lot of people that was making moves and that turned to me putting beats in a lot of people's hands that I didn't have no access to. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, it really was just one connection to another. Nothing was really planned out. I didn't like put no No beat catalog together and say i'm about to get this just to such and such like none of that i didn't chase nobody down i was just like in the right place at the right time over and over again which eventually led to me uh getting cool with with southside and waka and everybody and and that's when uh we started kind of like bridging that gap and doing the 808 my like collabs with me and then Southside was like, man, you might well just be from the squad. I don't know why you ain't been putting a tag on the beach yet. So I'm like, all right, shit, I'll do that. You know what I'm saying? And but uh I don't know, I did the Yo Gotti Everybody was my first like single.
0: Everybody wanted to do that? Yeah,
1: yeah, that's your heart And uh that was like kinda when I started getting recognition. That's when I started to like get like publishing companies hitting me and everything was that they they knew it was something there but i mean i had been placing it just really wasn't like a lot of big records until then and then after that i started getting in cool with everybody and shit that was a that was a and then when we had came in one day for the everybody joint and and uh they were doing a remix and wayne was in the booth doing it i'm like oh shit I got wayne on my beat now like <laughs> it just felt like everything was about to change from that point i mean it pretty much did like after that that was like when i started really like getting my foot in the door
0: so like uh, you know what kind of opportunities you know stand from that from everybody well uh that, did that really like change your life really like yeah i mean i got
1: I, I signed a cool little pub deal with a boutique at that point that i mean they gave me a nice little chunk of change and that kind of just helped like Alleviate the stress. I didn't really have to worry about nothing. It it went from me needing a support system for me to produce to me being my own support system to where I didn't have to worry about bills and whatnot. Like I could just kind of kick my feet up and create. And it's easy to get complacent when you get a little money in your pocket. (laughs) But the hardest part is working. And that's one thing that working with the, the big artists that I've worked with, like when I work with them closely, I get a chance to see like how they work so feverishly, and they they already eaten, so it's like, they should be full, but they still working, like, they don't have anything in their stomach, you know what I'm saying, and that, like, inspired a lot, like, Party Next Door, I've been working with him for, like, the last four months, and every time I go in the studio with him, we probably cut about 17 records, like, and it be, like, within a night, you know what I'm saying, we doing five, six, seven, eight finished records, front to back, and then come in and do it the next sleep for a little bit, not even really sleep, just take a nap and wake back up and get right back on it. And walking in through his house, you see it's just littered with plaques. And I'm like, damn, I didn't know he wrote so many records, you know what I'm saying? It's just plaque after plaque after plaque. And he's still he's still grinding like he don't got shit. And that inspired me a lot, you know what I'm saying? That, That's why I do now, like, I just wake up, open my blinds, look at
0: the sky, learn, and make beats. <laughs> that's it. Mm-hmm. So, like, signing the pub deal, did that, uh, you know, change your lifestyle, like, were you flying places more, or, you know, did they have you in the studio with people more, or was it kind of just you continue doing what you were doing? But I
1: was, I was able to do, I was able to get there where I wanted to be, on my own, you know what I'm saying, excuse me, I was able to go, uh, basically book the flights and stuff on my own, it was... It wasn't necessarily no 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 dig at the pub company, but they weren't really involved in like helping me place. So I mean, I kind of just really needed the money at that point. You know what I'm saying? So it was, but I mean, it wasn't like the kind that they were so they were actively pushing and promoting me. You know what I'm saying? But I mean, either way, like now I got some stuff on the horizon right now that they they'll be pretty involved. So I mean. I'm gonna go too far the details until it's solidified, but like I'll be murder next year. <laughs> are you independent right now? Are you signed to? Uh, nah, I'm not signing anybody really, but uh, but Party and Drake have been talking a lot about signing me. So I just I don't know. I got just got a text last night from them talking about about to have a draft towards me. So.
0: Mm. That's real dope, man. Yeah. Appreciate it. Definitely do you um
1: do you encourage like upcoming producers to get a pub deal? No. I mean if you need the money, yeah, but I wouldn't encourage it unless you had a very good deal. But if you upcoming and you don't really have anything in the pipeline, then I wouldn't I wouldn't. Because you pretty much you you get a good record and that's gonna benefit the pub company more than you so the pub companies will knock at your door regardless if you got records and not every pub company unless you're talking about the warner chapels and the big boys you know what i'm saying they're not really going to be trying to actively push you they don't really have many clients to push you on so i i wouldn't
0: so um so like for 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 a producer like you know is independent um not doing much and then they they get a big record like everybody um you know what type of like is there really like do you have to battle with these labels to get your money or like what what type of are you get first of all my big question is are you just getting when you have a big record or as a producer if you don't sign a work fire or you don't sign an agreement is that song fifty percent yours like sales and everything yeah. yeah you get like i the way how
1: I negotiate everything because I was lucky enough to like i had i got in line with Shaw money early on uh in my career two thousand twelve I did a whole lot of stuff with with uh else we did the Guy Willing mixtape up mm. in, in in New York. Finished that up, and while I was doing it, I had uh, I got a, started to kind of build a little relationship with Sha Money, and Sha. He kind of had a bad rap at the time, but like he was a real good, he was real cool, real transparent, good dude to me. You know what I'm saying? So he helped me uh, line me up with a good lawyer that basically was making sure that whenever there was a placement in the works, like I had my just due, I had everything that was coming my direction, my publishing, my mechanicals, my my royal everything from the from the sale mechanicals to all the way on onto publishing so it was like I was cool and my advance I was getting 10 bands each beat so it was like it was cool and everything was all inclusive too so they had to pay my lawyer on top of me so it wasn't like it was getting cut into my yeah. shit you know what I'm saying like I got lucky but every, a lot of it really just depends on like how well you can negotiate like one thing that up and coming producers get afraid of is that they are gonna talk themselves out, out of a placement but they want your record They'll pay it. They'll pay. They got money. They'll pay what you want. You just got to know how to stand up for yourself.
0: Now, what about these things where they'll go, people say, you know, they'll go and remake your beat. You know what I mean? They'll That's why, hey, I've seen that happen with like
1: A&Rs and shit. That's why I don't really send beats to A&Rs. like Because I'd rather work with the, with the artists they self. And a yeah. lot of the times, like, having an A&R around or giving beats to an A&R will pretty much put you in a situation where you're... Still have to get filtered through a whole nother channel. While when, if you just got in a studio with the artist, even though that's not, it's easier said than done, it's not as easy to get into the studio with the artist as I'm making a scene, but you go directly to the source, then you know, what I'm saying you main vein in it at that point. So, I mean, when it comes down to it, the I wouldn't send shit to A&Rs at this point because they might get. Kinda, of, they might shy away from 808. Mafia's got been had a cool little run recently, so they know that we ain't, you know, what I'm saying charging no 3,500 or nothing. So they might end up having a little in-house producer do it, but. I don't know. We, I just, I stay in with. I don't even fuck with A and R's. Like, I mean, ain't nothing wrong. I ain't got nothing against A and R's out there. That, I mean, whoever listening, I, I know I got a couple relationships with some cool A and R's. But if an A and R hit me up out the blue, I don't have no relationship with. I usually don't
0: even open the email. <laughs> yeah, I feel you. Yeah. Um, talk about you know your daily lifestyle now. Like, what you know, what it's really consists of. Man, working.
1: That's it. I. Like I said, after I started, uh, after I locked in with Party and seen how hard he would grind, like, I mean, he'll stop basically just to go to a photo shoot or an event come back and work, keep working. And we was, I was on tour with him for probably like six dates along the East Coast. And, and even then we were working the whole time and we worked, he'd get up, get out of the uh, tour bus and go and, and do a show, got a 45-minute set, come back out, and we had arenas, you know what I'm saying? Come mm-hmm. back out, ain't no partying, no nothing. we straight back to work, Good so work. that's all I do. I got, I, I make so many beats now that I don't even label them. Like, I label them by the date, because it take too long for me to, you know what I'm saying, try and think of a name for the beat. So now I just with the date and then put a the corresponding letter after it. So first B to be the date, second B to be the date with an A at the end <laughs> and B, C all the way up. Now my I usually make beats every day all the way up to like J K M. So yeah. A B C D
0: Yeah. That's like yeah like yes. ten B. <laughs> Easy. <laughs> That's dope. Now you you do uh structure them and everything or just you know making loops and kinda of push, keeping them pushing? Uh I, I say out of all out of all the way up to L or M,
1: I'll probably have like complete front to back like six complete beats and then like a good five or six like almost complete ideas that all i gotta do is just is arrange them Mm. Mm. uh
0: you're talking about uh saturation five to ten years down the line what are some things that like, you know, because it's going to have to be something that you got to do different to stand out. Like, period. you know, and make sure you got a job. Like, well, what, what are some of the things you're thinking about as far as job security five, ten years down the line?
1: Well, I mean, I don't really fall in line with the typical 808 Mafia sound. Like, I could do that, but that's not where I come from. Being from the West Coast, I got more, like, a lot more musicality. Like, I grew up on, like, the Battle Cats and all that seawalk, walk B-Walk music and shit. Like, we were using like, different chord structures and shit and different arrangements, like, I feel like however the industry decides to, like whatever direction it decides to go I'll be able to keep up with it because the background I have isn't just trap beats, you know what I'm saying like, I could do it all, but I feel like to stand out five to ten years from now, I mean it really just depends on like, these next couple of months if I'm placing Drake in in and all these big wigs, and I mean, I got a feeling that people be trying to keep up with me.
0: <laughs> Facts, I feel you.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, I don't know. It's all about confidence. It's all about standing up for yourself, being confident, and keeping and pushing. Like, uh, this industry is cutthroat. And I've seen it with even with this situation, with, like, the Migos shit. Like, if I wouldn't have stood up for myself, I wouldn't have got credited for it. Mm. So, it was like... I was pissed off when that Migos shit first came out. Cause I didn't, it was like, it wasn't my tag on that beat. I'm like, hold on, he ain't pressed no, not one key on this shit. So it made me mad, you know what I'm saying? But, like, I mean, I was able to get everything straightened away with the label, and I went directly to the source, and then I made sure that they, you know what I'm saying? they everything like for the physical copy i'll be on there they already changed it all uh for like the wikipedia and all the digital downloads but i mean the tag is still on there which is probably irritate me for the rest of my life but (laughs) i mean because if you think about it that was a big opportunity that i missed when quavo released that the uh Production credits. Yeah, but and the picture went, thing. And yeah, it went viral. Yeah, like my name was supposed to be on there, yeah, but it sure. wasn't. So it's like that probably will piss me off till the day I die. But <laughs> I'm not gonna harp on it. Like when it comes down to it, I got so much good stuff, like in the works, and even this alone. Like one thing I realized is that when every time you have a blessing, it comes with a testing. Like you get tested to the point to where it's gonna try to make you like it's going to try to sidetrack you and it's going to try to try to you know i'm saying dull the shine of what you just did it's going to take your attention off of that so i try not to i try to just keep it pushing and stay you know i'm saying focused and be be thankful for what i did get but i don't know i mean it is what it is that's life
0: bittersweet right bittersweet but more sweet than bitter so i ain't chipping for sure for sure <laughs> no i could definitely relate to that man like just especially you know we just, we had some issues you know with our uh trip to baltimore you know yeah. some events you know some some bumps in the road but overall you know it was dope you know yeah bittersweet but more sweet than bitter for sure exactly uh yeah i'm about to uh, i'm about to play the records like i said i haven't even heard any of the records on culture let alone this one so i'm just gonna play it a little bit all right sample record mm-hmm mm. Yeah, uh, bringing my boy Letter L to the stage or the to the table, whatever we call Yo, it. Yo, what up? <laughs> Shout out my boy Letter L. What but, up, what up? Um, yeah, L, uh, for uh, everyone that was in Baltimore, everyone that wasn't L, was, you know, the host of the VIP showcase that we just did. So, but yeah, what's good, bro? What's
2: good, fam? Glad to be here. What's, what's up, nonstop, stop man? How you doing today, man? Man, doing real good, man. So, you know, Dill, I was telling you um, a story. I had met um nonstop back at a uh, producer event back in the summer, right? Man, you know I like to ask these non-music questions, man. I, um, you had told a story about uh, some of your experiences um back on the West Coast, man. I don't know if you remember this. You was talking, and you had to let them know you had that thing on your hip, man. Oh yeah, you'd be, cra- you be cracking up that day, man. But, um, <laughs> you was talking about just some of the stuff you had gone through back home, and I was just wondering if you could talk about that a little bit, kind of the beginning and
1: getting out of Portland and all that. I mean, well, I really wasn't even like. I didn't really have a goal to be a producer because I started out banging. So it was like, I just wanted to be the Michael Jordan, the gangbanger. I wasn't thinking about playing no keys or nothing. Right. So it was like, I mean, shit. I, luckily, like, I had some homies that was all trying to rap at the time. And, I mean, they, you know what I'm saying? They was having these little weak-ass beats and shit around. I'm like, these is trash. I hear way better shit in my head. just Right. Like, <laughs> get me in the studio let me play these keys and it's early on it's early 2000s so it was like it was still like full on it was no, none of this I mean there was reason and logic were like the only two things and like Fruity Loops demos and shit like right. that was it but like it really was it was all still equipment so uh we had a dude in our hood that had a uh he thought he was a little producer. He was garbage as fuck. But he had a uh, <laughs> <laughs> he had a Triton. So I it yeah. ran out Look, you know what I'm saying? Give him five dollars an hour, I'll go in there and make beats and everything I'm making was hard. So but like I was rapping really at first. And yeah. I was the best rapper out there too. So it was like I started out like as a solo artist and just producing all my own shit, you know what I'm saying? Right. And, and mixing and designing my cover and doing everything. That's dope. And then uh I mean, it was still, like, the street shit, the street element was still pulling me back, though. So, it was like I was lining up with a lot of good, you know what I'm saying, people. Because whenever somebody did come to town, like, the radio station believed in me. So, they had had me out, you know what I'm saying, rubbing shoulders with Diddy and Ice Cube and Snoop and Jazzy Faye and everybody that was big in Mm 0405. Rick Ross, I met him when he first first really started popping. So, it was like, uh, like, I had... I had the gangbanging shit pulling me away from that. So it was like the placement that brought me down to Atlanta was what kind of separated it all. That's when I was finally able oh, to get man. away from that. You know what I'm saying? Crazy. Before that, it was just like I'd be in the studio. My big homie, rest in peace, he had bought me a Triton eventually. And... uh I be making beats and then he'd hear about shit. I like, mean, you out there still on some bullshit, man, and I heard about this and blah, 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 this and that, man, man. Shut your ass up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> and then uh one day, you know what I'm saying, the hood had got hot. Some little bullshit went on. Hood had got hot, so I went off to my little honeycomb. You know what I'm saying? And while I'm out there, uh my mom called, like, man, Dar just came, got the Triton. I'm like, what? I'm like, yeah, Dar just came and got the Triton. So I come back to the hood and man it was big funk <laughs> with oh, the man. big homie You was like hold on and he gave it to some people that we was beefing with so I was like oh man <laughs> it was but it was like there was family and shit of his and family of ours the thing about Portland is the black community is so small out there that all the gangs are really closely knit like everybody's family I got family from like six different hoods so it's like and we beefing with all of them you know what I'm saying and yeah. and and me like shit being the like I'm the lightest one from the hood. Everybody used to, everybody used to call me white, this and that, blah blah blah. Not knowing, you know, what I'm saying that I'm really. I mean, people in the city know I'm mixed, but at first, don't nobody give a fuck. They just, oh, that's white boy, blah blah blah, whatever. Right. So I used to, used to feel like I had to bang twice as hard to get half of the respect. You know what I'm saying? So it was like, I don't know. It was a different element, but it gave it. I feel like it, it carved me into the person I am now, to where like I don't care. I stand up for myself i really feel like that hard edge came from this shit i learned on the streets and seeing all the stuff i seen like my big bro got smoked in a church you know what i'm saying oh, like
0: there
1: like that's you don't hear about that nowhere besides like on movies and shit man. you know what i'm saying and then shit couple uh like a week and a half after that little bro little bro seen the little brother the dude that smoked my big bro uh and they shot each other you know what i'm saying one of them he uh his little bro shot my little bro in the side and so he he had he took it he he ate the shot but it was like in his lung and he shot him in the head and as he running off of the scene you know what i'm saying he his uh lung filled up with blood so he basically died on the scene so it was like they killed each other like and that was within like a two week span so it was like i mean being going through shit like that kind of like like, that, that really would make you like, well, fuck it, I don't care. Like, you can suck my dick. Whoever these little, you know what I'm saying, the, the artists and whatever, if they, I don't know, it, it make it to where, like, you could really, like, stand up for yourself. Like After you've seen some real shit. Yeah, it's like like it's not, yeah exactly, because when it comes down to it, this is all a dream, what I'm living right now anyway. So, right. it's like, anything in there, I know that they want my product or they wouldn't be reaching out to me. Right. I sold dope. I know how to sell dope. I know, you know what I'm saying? music is not much different <laughs> when it comes down to it and you set your own price and you gotta you know what i'm saying you you set your price high and don't apologize you know what i'm saying yeah like is that one of those
2: things where when we're talking about this whole producer pay conversation and this is something that people don't say are you telling
1: them you got to be ready to walk away if you have to got to yeah I, there's don't never let these labels jerk you around because they will i mean if you if you sit there and say oh well I mean, damn, I might not be able to get this placement because they going to act like they rushing no matter what. They could say we need to meet deadlines and shit when they know the deadline is six months out. But hurry up and get us to track out because you need to meet these deadlines and blah, blah, blah. They're going to say shit like that regardless. They're you know? playing games with you, basically. Everything yeah. is. Yeah. And it's like you can't bullshit a bullshitter. Like, <laughs> I grew up being raised by dope dealers and pimps and gangbangers and everybody else. It's like I know how... To tell i know how to spot a motherfucker that's trying to you know what i'm saying pimp me mm. you know what i'm saying yeah. like i mean when it comes down to it these labels is some good pimps mm. so you just gotta know how to like you said know how to walk away but the thing is you walk away and you gain the control at that yeah. point you know what i'm saying now the labels is like all right well you know what i'm saying well maybe you know we could go ahead and work with what you know what i'm saying like all right shoot me my 10 bands and get up out of my face man Shit. Mm. That's the part where you pause the podcast and stop and think about what he just said for a second, because that's game right there.
2: Man. For real. That's game. So um, one thing I, I definitely want to ask you about, you know, we do we make sure we do our research and get ready for these podcasts, man. And I saw that um I, I have been seeing on Instagram, there's this dude that does these like custom roll blunts that look like <laughs> Shout AK out 47. Green, yeah, yeah, and it, it said, yo, like, yo, his homeboy is not stopped to the hitman. Like what? Can you tell us about that a little bit, man?
1: Yeah, well, I got I got uh introduced to him through my other bro that I met through music like music had kind of run, run us all together but he was the, the son of the owner of Arizona ice Tea, so okay. I was like he's big balling we going out there fucking with him He like man we need to get the. We need to go out there to Portland. I'm like, you going out, out to my city? Like, I mean, shit, what's up? He like, yeah, we going out there because it's a dude out there named Tony Greenhands. He rolled these fat blunts. We going to get a wax and a K for his birthday. I'm gonna get you a birthday present. Blah blah blah. Like, all right, so we fly out there on a fucking private jet. Get out there. Pull up the first time I didn't ever flew a private jet. You know what I'm saying? It's fitting I go to my hometown. So hey, I <laughs> I'm feeling like the president in that. <laughs> so we get out there and uh I mean shit. We uh, we link up with him and he had a fire ass grenade, but it was filled with bomb. Like literally, it was a bomb bomb ass grenade. So, <laughs> <laughs> so I mean shit, but it was like fully functional. Like you could pull the pin and you could click the little. You know, <laughs> and, uh, and you had to smoke it a certain way like but the pulling the pin was the car you know what i'm saying the shit wow. was crazy that's dude. crazy yeah i mean he had some gas i really don't even remember that day that much because <laughs> the shit we were smoking on had me on another planet what's your favorite stream? i got uh, i like this cherry pie right now i like dog walker i like uh it's all portland stuff though dog walker uh obama kush uh fire. Gorilla Glue is cool. Uh, we were just talking about Gorilla Glue. Can you make beats on Gorilla Glue? I don't really like making beats on any of that setback weed. I need something that's keeping... That's why I like cherry pie, because it keep your head up. You know, yeah, you, know yeah. you, get, you go ahead and drink you a coffee and smoke some weed. And yeah, money, you know? real shit. A lot of producers we interview uh, mess with that gelato. Gelato cool, but I feel like that's just like a... It's a buzzword right now. So, like, no matter what, out here you're going to hear motherfuckers saying, I got, I got, I got gelato. gelato yeah. I got gelato. No, it ain't. Back. <laughs> no it ain't but I mean shit being from the west coast like we got it's a candy store in there you could kind of just close your eyes and point and pick something and it's gonna be fire so yeah yeah,' oh, yeah those def- uh, raw papers backwoods definitely raw I used to fuck with backwoods but I don't know man shit I already got a deep voice. That shit, be <laughs> can't register my shit sometimes when I'm smoking backwoods. We actually have a divide in the uh, producer grind team. It's like half raw papers, half backwoods. Backwoods, backwoods, see, we were smoking backwoods on the West Coast. Like, you gotta think, Mac Dre, you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. Port- Portland got influenced real heavily by the Bay and LA, like, simultaneously. We had, we had the whole gangbanging culture of LA, and we had all the sauce of the Bay. So it was like, They fucked with us tough. Mac Dre was up there all the time, you know what I'm saying? So, and that's all he smoked was backwoods. So I was talking about backwoods and music of mine from 2004. Like, (laughs) vet on his backwoods shit. But I mean, I don't know. I got burnt out over that shit over the years. It feel like there's more chemicals and shit in it now, but I don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It feel different. It don't feel the same as it was back when we were smoking packs of honeyberry. He used to come eight in the pack, too. Damn.
0: (laughs) (laughs) On God. Yeah. Now it's $8 for five. Man. <laughs> but I just switched to the uh, raw papers because, like, I had got this, like, chest cold, whatever the shit is going around, you know what I mean? Man. So I was like, man, I'm not trying to smoke no backwoods. And then I'm just like, shit, I might as well
1: just stick with these raw papers, you know what I'm saying? So. I mean, you could taste the weed, damn, too. But at yeah. the same time, I like the way backwoods taste. It's a fact. Backwoods taste good. I like the way backwoods taste. Like, honey berry backwoods make your shit taste like chocolate cake or something like that shit. <laughs> 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 oh, God.
2: Yeah. so what can we look forward to what can you talk about that you got coming
1: up that ain't too hush hush in uh 2018. i got a lot of shit coming up 2018. i got a uh, this 2 Chainz shit. we uh we finishing up the deal points on the 2 change record that uh my bad y'all <laughs> Uh, people see you go live and then Trap they wanna call you TV. anyway, right? Uh yeah, I'm sorry, go ahead bro. We got uh, I got the two chains record. I just did a fire ass uh record with TK the other night. Uh I got me and party been going stupid. I think I mean they're going through uh selection right now, but the label keeps saying they I think I got like two or three of his singles. And then uh and then like what, I say, What's the vibe like on those records? crazy because i know he does like the, you know a lot of the you caribbean know, yeah it's more up tempo okay okay it's like we got one that sound like z100 all across the country that shit gonna be every little white girl's ipod <laughs> oh <God>. yeah <laughs> shit bro.
0: that's what's up man that's what's up man so what about other investments besides music like rental properties anything i mean
1: i i'm trying to i'm looking at places right now but uh I mean, shit, I made a couple dollars off of the crypto recently. Oh, word. Yeah, I'm good. That's dope. Got lucky and bought everything when it was still hella low. Drop. I got a lot of Bitcoin, uh, Ethereum, and Litecoin when it was like... I think Litecoin was like fifty bucks when I got it.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I got a gang of it. So it's like that What's shit that now? just floated up to like damn near three hundred I was looking at my account like god damn, where all this come from.
2: Yeah.
1: <laughs> that's <laughs> but dope. Yeah, other than that, I mean shit me uh I'm trying to branch out and do stuff. My mom, she uh a good ass cook. I'm gonna get her a food truck. Mm-hmm. Yeah. we yeah. am gonna make sure we got her out. Right. What, to throw what kind of food she made? everything soul food she a white woman she was like the only white lady i knew coming up but she lived in the middle of the hood my entire life i thought she was the only white person in portland at one point. <laughs> it was like because when when i mean we when we was coming up like north and northeast portland was the heart of the city and that was like the black area no it's like white people were afraid to come through there but she was there and accepted so she soaked up everything she so, you know how to cook super good soul food but I don't know. I be doing little recipes, too, throw my side like, I got you a new little recipe, man. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe get a recipe book hookup. Oh, God. Yeah, that'd be dope. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. And she got these Frenchies, too, so I've been cashing out for her to get these new little rare colors and shit. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. Frenchie pups. Mm-hmm. Did you watch the Grammys? I sure did. I was disappointed that the Migos ain't win. Twofold. Them is the homies, and the homies was good at got Grammys off of it. But some other homies and shit got, I mean, like when Kendrick Lamar won, that was dope. Yeah. I I thought it was pretty dope. I liked it. I liked it the fact that it was such a hip hop takeover that day. Yeah. Yeah. Like, we here to really stay. Like, <laughs> I mean, it's not like the past 40 years hasn't already said that, but like it really shows when it's on the mainstream stage like that. Yeah. Yeah. Most done. Of- yeah. Yeah. How you feel about selling beats online? i never done it. Not once. Never sold not one beat online. I, I wouldn't do it because it's it's like, I don't think they know how to legislate it right yet. They, like, when it comes down to the, like, you could sell the same beat to fight it for motherfuckers. And, like, it's not, They I mean, from what I heard, this was a few years ago, but there's not really any legalities behind, like, saying that that's cool. You know what I'm saying? Like, They don't, none of them own any of the rights. I don't know, it's weird. So I heard that, like, if you sell a beat non exclusive, then nobody could collect royalties off of it. We got to do some research and find out for sure because yeah. I want to know about that. For real. Because it's like if you or like royalty free loops or anything like that like if it's royalty free it's royalty free. Mm-hmm. Like I can't accept royalties off of something that somebody else created royalty free. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? It's like when it comes down to it but they, I feel like they're about to uh, like really crack down on that. The same way they did with streaming and anything how they mainstreamed it all to now 1500 streams is an album sale and I mean that's dope because then you get an album you know what I'm saying going platinum fast if they got like four or five singles but I think they're going to do the same thing with uh with beats here pretty soon online maybe I don't know maybe they have and I just ain't been keeping up with it but I never sold beats online because of that like I didn't know how to actually do it and I felt like it was kind of like to me it's getting over anyway I mean like, you sell the same beat to five, ten different people, like, where it don't feel right. It don't feel good. You know what I'm saying? You, you hear 4 or 5 different records and they might all be dope. They all got the same beat. I mean, you can't get excited off of that. You know what I'm saying? So, it's like, I never did it. I don't got no... I done seen a lot of people get big off of that, though. Make a whole lot of money off of uh, leasing and, and all that those shit. Like, that's cool, but I ain't never done it. But I, I got lucky to, like, get in the position and get kind of, like... You know what I'm saying? Get my foot in the door early on before that was really big. Like when I first started making music, it was a website called MP3.com. I don't know if y'all remember that. Mm-mm. That was like the I, I first. I remember actually. That yeah. was like the first SoundCloud, like the first mm-hmm. SoundClick. All that, and then that SoundClick came right after that. And SoundClick was more so just like. Selling your own music And then producers Like Took that over And started selling beats on it But I never got on the wave I had one little SoundClick page up With like 10 beats at one and Didn't sell People was banking off SoundClick At one point Yeah Johnny Giuliano Yeah And and, uh, 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 Superstar O And all them They was going crazy Off of that shit Yeah I guess they kinda OGs It online now I ain't realize that Yeah They low key paved the way.
2: They're the pioneers of the online yeah, shit. For the cash apps and everybody else. Man, that's crazy. <coughs> uh,
1: what What software you mostly rock with FL Studio? Yep, yep. <coughs> yeah, I was... I, Like I said, I, I done did... I done use pretty much everything. I got them all on my computer, but that's the one I grabbed the most. But uh Native Instruments be loving me up, and they shoot me all their products, so it's like... I I do both of them, like I do the instrumentation and machine and then drag and drop it in the footy loops and then do the drums and, and, and FL. That's still- dope.
2: Is there a beat where when you sit down and make a beat, I gotta have
1: this VST or I gotta have this certain plug-in? Sometimes, but... I mean more so now I don't really do it as much now that I have so many sounds from, from native instruments it's like I feel like I got every sound. Like I don't even pull up Nexus or nothing no more. Like that's probably that's been shit sitting in the unused VSTs for like a good two, three years. I ain't touched that once. Uh I pull up Silent pretty much in everything, Omnisphere and everything. Yeah. I pull up uh Huh Head yeah, Machine Omnisphere.
0: What about the effects plugins, like Gross Beats Effectrix? Gross Beats is on everything I do. Right. Is there any uh, anything any any dope effect plugin that people ain't hit to that you could drop? Uh, nah, I think uh, it's just the way you use it. I, Cause I use Gross Beats
1: different than everybody else. I don't like some people just put on a half speed or or the uh, was it the triplet whatever. They just pull that one up and they might do a couple little tape stops or whatever. But like I use it in a different way and every time I've showed people they always like bro don't show nobody this Like, <laughs> that's yours they're gonna steal this I like, was literally waiting to see if he was gonna give the sauce <laughs> up I, man I wish I could I, I just say I used three different gross beats at this on the same track mm.
2: bro we was in Baltimore they asked me about something I did with my bass and I didn't even realize when I told them They kind of looked at me like, oh. Yeah. And I realized, like, oh, I shouldn't be telling
1: people that.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. Yeah. Some things, I guess, you just got to keep. Yeah.
1: You got to go ahead and... You know what I'm saying, lock that one away. I mean, maybe I might let it out a little bit later on down the line, but... When everybody start doing it? Yeah, as of now, I got to make the money off of this first. I know what I got. <laughs> <laughs> Any MIDI packs, sound packs, anything coming from you? Uh, yeah, I actually was uh, working on putting together a dope pack. I'm trying to get everybody else from 808 Mafia involved too, but it's, it's so many of us, it's hard to wrangle everybody up. But uh, some uh, a Native Instruments uh, pack for machine because mm. we there ain't no really trap based like machine packs mm. so, something we got to get into that yeah and man. then uh i mean i've been putting together little stuff i got a few kits and shit that i'll be like ah oh, i'm gonna release this and i'll be like nah <laughs> mm. but i mean everybody from 808 my field we pretty much got the same sound so it's like you talked about Gazin earlier he he'd be lacing us with a gang of sounds and shit too yeah,
0: hell yeah he the plug
1: mm-hmm. guess of the
0: show alumni yeah, hell yeah. And he was our
1: first guest. That's for dope. the first podcast we ever did. So, first podcast you ever did was guessing, in the first with a camera
0: is me. So you know what I'm saying? 808 <laughs> <away> Mafia. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. he stay, man. We fucks yeah. with 808 Mafia. Hell yeah. <laughs> cool, man. Yeah. But shoot, man. I really appreciate you pulling up, man. I appreciate y'all having me. Show Thank me. you,